Welcome to Quotable, a female entrepreneur podcast, the show by and for female entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After more than 10 years building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who've been in it too. And I want to share all of them with you because we're stronger together. So fill your coffee cup up, sit back and listen in. I'm so thrilled to have Neda Havesi on here today with me. She is the founder of Lumi Aesthetics and Lumiere Dental. And I'm so impressed by, by her, by you, Neda. Thank you so much for coming on here today. Can't wait for people to get to know more about you. Oh, thank you, Alessandra. And I, I have to say like, I, the feeling is mutual. Like from the first day I met you, like you're so magnetic. I didn't even know what you did. Um, you know, meeting you in the kids drop off line at school and, um, just your energy is so magnetic. You're, you're a beautiful person inside and out. And and I feel lucky to be here with you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. That's the nicest like intro anybody has ever <laughs> done on this podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, and I feel exactly the same way. So I'm so excited to get to share you with more of the world, share you with our listeners. Um, and I am so impressed by, like, as I said, two, two different businesses, plus like everything else you do. Um, but I just literally don't know how you do it all. So I want to, I want to just get to dive into more and and share with everyone. Um, so yeah, I usually just let people start off by telling how did you start the business you know kind of going from like what was your background and uh, you know since you have two I know we might have to like dive into it a little differently but take us through like the beginning of getting going yeah absolutely I mean um I knew just like starting off at four years old when I went to the dentist for the very first time that something about that was so attractive to me I don't know I mean I probably met the dentist for five seconds but like I um remember that memory like so vividly I remember walking out of the um appointment with my mom like I remember the parking lot we were walking toward the car and I just was like mom I'm gonna be a dentist when I grow up and she was like okay wacko (laughs) four-year-old like that's impossible what what did you like about the dentist but I I think what it was is like you know they had the fish they were all nice to me I felt like the center of attention there was some kind of like performance um going on for me. And, um, I really enjoyed that. And so, um, it really blossomed as I went in through like high school and I did an internship with, um, a pediatric dentist, um, who was actually one of my neighbors and I used to babysit her daughter and, um, it really blossomed from there. And I think watching her being a badass businesswoman, um, really made me kind of believe that that's something that I could do as well. Um, and, you know, I, I say this story a lot of times, and and I'm sure it's the same for you as well. Like when we have a uh, example of something in our lives, it just kind of becomes truth for us. Like both my parents have their PhDs, and so I, growing up, I never thought there was an option to be anything but a doctor um, of something. Uh, and and so when I was much younger, I remember people would ask, like, "Oh, are you going to go to college?" I thought what do you mean? Is there an option? Like I thought everybody becomes a doctor of something. Um, so yeah. So seeing her do like the, um, her business, um, and just like looking up to her so much, I just thought, okay, so that's what I'm going to do. And, and, um, it just became kind of like, I know I'm going to be a business owner. I know I'm going to be a dentist. It, it, it all kind of happened. It rolled really easily. Like just the opportunities would come up and I would take them. And I wish I could say, I was like, planned it out, but I didn't. I just, um, I, I, I was working in a dental office when I was, um, right straight out of dental school in Boston. Cause I just got married, uh, as after I got, I, um, I got married right after I graduated dental school. And so I moved to Boston from Virginia and I didn't know anybody like this wasn't my network. Uh, it was really hard right out of school to find a good job. And I, I really did. I landed this really like hoity-toity job in the middle of Boston in the financial district. And I had these hoity-toity patients, but unfortunately the owner of that office, like it was like a facade almost like it was beautiful on the outside, like the equipment and the assistants and everybody was beautiful. Um, The patients were beautiful, but the way it was managed was very manipulative, not only to 
the staff, but also to the patients. It was all about, it was a business. It wasn't a, um, it wasn't a medical practice where you feel like comfortable and, and taken care of. And so I really got thrust into like practice ownership a lot earlier than I would have wanted to, um, because I just, I couldn't align myself ethically, mentally, physically, emotionally with what was going on there. And I butt heads so much with the owners and I'm not a con like, I'm a totally anti-conflict type person. Um, and it just was like this innate kind of drive that, okay, maybe I thought I'd, um, start a practice five years in, I'm going to start a practice nine months in. And I bought a practice mm -hmm. literally, um, yeah, nine months after I started working there, I left and I, and I bought a practice and uh, it, I never looked back. <laughs> That's so amazing. I feel like I didn't realize it was quite so soon. I feel like that we have a lot of similarities with starting our business there too, because, except for the fact that you knew, I mean, you knew you wanted to be a dentist from the time you were small. I didn't know that, but I also like feel like I never really knew I wanted to even be a business owner, but it was like out of necessity for me too. Like, and it was so quick. Like I started my business like a year after college because I was like in situations where I was like, I don't love this. This isn't the kind of company I want to work for. Why don't I just do it myself? But I feel like there aren't, I there aren't that many people I've talked to who have like that story. So that's really interesting. Well, I think we have so much in common. Like I just, I feel like we even look alike. I look at you. I oh saw some God. people, I, like, I had to take a double take. I was like, oh, that's me. No, it's Alessandra. Well, I take that as a huge compliment. Because I think you're gorgeous <laughs> yeah. and you always look so beautiful. Um, but yeah, no, I do. I do feel like we have a lot in common. So that's, but oh my gosh. I mean, but, but dentistry, that's like so... Like, I can't compare that to PR. <laughs> I feel like there's so much more that goes into becoming a dentist. And like, that is like commitment. That is a lot of school. That is a lot of training and a lot of working with people in a very like intimate way. Well, thank you for pointing those things out. I think, you know, when you get used to something and you take for granted all the skills that you've learned along the way, it just kind of becomes like part of who you are. Um, and sometimes I do have to step back and think, wow, like the the innate kind of qualities of my personality really line up so well with being a good dentist. But then there's a lot of things that I had to learn along the way. Um, I am a firm believer in not comparing. So I think like being PR is badass. Like it's something I don't know how to, I, I say this all the time too. Um, I work really hard in my businesses. I put 110% for my staff, my patients. I think once patients come into my practice, it's very evident to them. Um, and once people start working for me, it's very evident to them that like, I don't just want them to work for me. I want them to grow within within our company and, and even beyond our company. I've always been a supporter of that. Um, but it, I don't do a good job telling people about this. Like I, nobody really knows until they like happen upon me or happen upon my, one of my practices and how am I going to help so many other people? And, and it kind of takes me back to um, this story. My dad said when I, when I really was like, I really want to be a dentist. And he was like, Netta, like you can't change the world one tooth at a time. Like how many teeth do you have to fix to like change the world or like change somebody's life? And like at the time, you know, he probably had had a couple fillings. So he didn't think he just thought it was like an unpleasant experience. He never needed like a full mouth reconstruction. He didn't have the experience of like a, a parent needing dentures or something. So he, I guess, also didn't understand the gravity of what um, a dentist can do for somebody when, when they need that. Um, but I think that always stuck in my mind that like, I have this capability to um, change the world. We all do. Like we're all born with this ability to influence the world around us in a way that nobody else can. And like, we're all so unique, um, and such a gift to this earth. And, and, you know, sometimes I tell him, I'm like, dad, you really mess me up because like, I feel like I have this grand mission and, and, and reason for being here. And when I, because I'm not fulfilling it, I, I feel like a failure. And he's like, no, that's not what I meant when I said that. But, um, um, so yeah, so I think PR, is so valuable because it doesn't matter how much you work um, inside a practice and do beautiful things in, in it. But if you can't take that to the masses, if you can't bring your gift to more people, like, well, you're kind of like not fully fulfilled. 
I, I totally get that and appreciate that. And I also just want to make like, I'm sure you, I know you know this and like, and this is what you want to tell your dad, but like that does like a, what you guys do, like to, to fix somebody's teeth and smile is changing their life. Right. Like, I mean, that's what kind of you're getting at too, right? Like that can be life-changing for people when they have whatever, something that's holding them back because of their teeth. Right. So it's, it's life-changing to them. And I'm sure you've over the, t- over the years now, you've changed hundreds of lives, thousands. I don't know, probably so many. Well, thank you for saying that because it tickles my heart. Even when you say that, it like brings up all these emotions for me because it's not only dentistry, but it's also in aesthetics. Like the more I've been doing dentistry now for 13 years, um, as a dentist, I, I worked in dentistry for many years before then, um, as an assistant, but, um, through like high school and in college, but as a dentist, it's been 13 years and in aesthetics, it's been 10, um, like Botox and fillers and other aesthetic treatments. Um, and when you really work with people on confidence and, and treatments that affect confidence, you recognize that it's not so much doesn't start from the outside. It, It really does start from the inside. And that's where my, I feel like my, my, how do you see my secret sauce comes from is that I have this ability to inspire people from the inside. And so, yes, I can fix their teeth. Yes. I can put their cheeks back where they used to be, but I can also spark within them. The fact that that's not where their, their value comes from, their value comes from within and, and yeah, we can put bells and whistles on it, but if we don't fix what's inside, if we don't align what's inside, no matter what I do on the outside, it's not going to give them that fulfillment too. So, I mean, I just feel so blessed that I have the ability to do that. So many people trust me to do that. And I do think I'm changing the world. And and I do, I mean, my dad is so proud of me. He he would, he's going to be so embarrassed when he listens to this. And he's like, that's not what I meant, Nada, but I'm glad it inspired this. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think true. It's like, also you can go to, and I want to go back to, cause like, I'm so curious, like how you went from like, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to buy my own practice and start this on my own. But I love this kind of conversation. I want to come back here more too. But yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, a lot of people go through life, like, as you're kind of saying too, like with little things that maybe hold them back and they don't realize that, I, I think that like, like finding someone that, that you, they trust, like, that's what I feel like. I feel like what, what you are is like someone who's like, you could, I could come to you and be like, there are these things and it's holding me back. Some of it's internal, some of it's external. And like, I just, you have to really have someone that you trust who can like help you with those things and that you trust to, to, to help bring out the best in you internally or externally. And being able to find that person or being able to like trust someone to be like, I, cause I feel like most people don't know necessarily exactly what it is. Like, it's like, maybe there's something with my teeth that I don't love, but I would have no idea how to fix it or probably even how to articulate like what I don't love or same thing with the aesthetics. Like I wouldn't really know really where to start. And so knowing that I could like trust you to be like, I want to, you know, have this be my outcome. And like, yeah. I bet you just lead people through that in like such a, such a like good way. You're saying that too. I, I do think that's one thing that sets us apart um, on many, in, in both practices, but specifically, um, you know, in aesthetics, there's no insurance um, portion. So a lot of times patients are coming based on word of mouth and other people's experiences and um, that's one thing that they do say, they say, I never feel like you're selling me anything. I feel like you're my partner in this journey. And that is definitely my mission. That it's definitely the feeling I want patients to have, because it's the truth. I, I, the med spa is my labor of love. It's my passion project. It's, um, and we can go into more detail. I, I grew up uh, not feeling beautiful because I was a Middle Eastern girl with a mustache and hairy legs in Virginia. And, um, you know, acne. And I just didn't feel beautiful. I felt um, very much um, unlovable by the general American public. We moved to Virginia when I was 12. And I remember going to middle school my first day and I could hear the kids in the corner say, is is that a boy or a girl? Because I had like a mustache. And I mean, it wasn't a mustache, but it was like, I'm sure you know what you mean. <laughs> I know, believe me, I know exactly what you mean. Um, <laughs> as an Italian Jewish girl, <laughs> I feel yeah. like 
Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I just want to say for the record, because we are we are recording this on video, but most people will probably listen on audio. It's a podcast, of course. I just want everybody to like see you. Like I wish I wish everyone who's listening now could see Nada right now because like literally probably one of the most gorgeous people you've ever seen. Like I'm not even just saying that. Like so gorgeous and always looks you always look totally beautiful. And I mean I've and I've seen you when you're not all, you know, put together and like just literally just naturally beautiful. So I just need to like stick that in there for anyone who's listening like but I know we all have those stages, especially when we're young, too. And I know that's also, yeah, high school can be an awkward stage. And so I'm not at all minimizing the experience that you had as a child. But I just need to, like, point out that you are beautiful for anyone who's listening. Thank you, Alessandra. You're very kind. And I do. I believe that um, we have the ability tra- to tra- transform our external energy and when we are feeling whole and aligned with ourselves. And I've been through a journey. I mean, I'm so grateful for feeling unbeautiful when I was in middle school because it sparked this whole journey of of helping other people feel beautiful and recognizing it's not the mustache that didn't make me feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. It That was just, you know, a side effect. It, it was really that my internal confidence when they said that about my mustache, I believed them. Um, it, it wasn't that it was my mustache. It was my, my belief in somebody else's opinion of me being superior than my own opinion and being more, um, val- valid than my own opinion. And so my, my gift from that was that I learned that that's not true. And I determine my value. I determine the energy I put out. I determine what's beautiful for me and, and to be able to help others, um, recognize that to light that fire in their hearts like that. I mean, it, it, it it's what keeps me going. It's my absolute gift to, it's a gift to me. I, I it, I don't, I just, I don't even have words to explain how, how lucky I feel to get to do this on a daily basis. And, um, now getting to talk about it, uh, with you is, it just feels like a dream come true. Oh my God. Amazing. Well, yeah, no. And I think that like, I think you're lucky in that and having figured some of that out too, like when you were younger or at least like before now, because I think it's something that, you know, women struggle with all the time and people struggle with into adulthood and beyond. And I mean, I can tell like you, I mean, I'm sure you still struggle with certain things (laughs) related all the time. Like it's maybe not something you ever fully, like, I don't even know, like conquer or whatever, but the fact that you've been able to kind of like, that you, that you were able to kind of go through that and then like also use it to figure out how to, okay, let me actually help other people with this, especially if they're already adults or, you know, later in life and still struggling with like these confidence issues or not feeling like they're living out exactly who they could or should or want to be. So I think that's really special that you've been able to do that and to create two businesses that both kind of like Thank help, you. help with that. So that's incredible. Well, I think just to go back to what you said about like it, it still coming up. I think what happens is like any muscle that you continue to use, you strengthen it. And, and it's almost like I can, I see those feelings coming up and I'm like, Oh, let me nip that in the bud. Like I see my, my, me questioning myself, or I see myself believing somebody else's opinion over mine or the world's or the society's opinion of, of women or whatever the issue is being a mother. Um, whatever the issues I, and I am able to catch it faster. And I kind of like call myself out on it and I'm able to move forward from it a lot more easily. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like, Oh, you're healed. Right. Now you're, now you're fine. No, it's just, you learn coping um, and processing techniques. And, and that's um, so much of what this is, is continuing to grow and continuing to learn from each and every experience that comes up. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I feel like part of that too, like if, is as a business owner too, I feel like there's so much like personal and professional development and growth that we go through that. I mean, I don't know, maybe this is a weird thing to say, but I feel like not your average, your average person doesn't maybe necessarily do all of that, go through all of that in such an intentional way, because I feel like as business owners, especially, I know like a lot of the people that I'm, that I hang around with, like we do a lot more professional development than other people because we are so personally invested in our business and our and our and our professional growth because it's so personal to us and then what ends up happening i feel like is that naturally we get really in, invested also and like interested in just 
any kind of personal growth too, because again, it's like so connected and, and, and becomes part of what our business life is too. So I feel like those circles tend to be very kind of aware, self-aware and intentional about the ways that we do things and the ways that we, yeah, just like just intentional about life in a way that a lot of people aren't necessarily. So it gives a whole different level of awareness and that then you can, like, I feel like with you, especially you then bring to your clients and the people that you work with and stuff too, because that's just who you are now. And, and yeah, you can, you can just bring that to everyone else. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, what you're saying is so true. We, the energy we put out, we attract. So I think we're obviously always surrounding ourselves with people who are like-minded, whether it's intentional or or not. I, I do think because I'm in a dental environment and people come to me to fix cavities and broken teeth and replace missing teeth. I I see an array of people, an array of business owners. And I think what you're saying is very true, but I think it's about like this community that we have kind of created. And and I, I certainly think there are people outside of that. So there are still certainly business owners who are not, uh, and you recognize it a lot faster um, and, and sometimes I mean, even people in your own family are not open to hearing those things, but when they are, it's kind of like fireworks go off. It's, it's like, well, my husband has a conversation with me about things that are spiritual, emotional, personal development. It's like no other turn on is bigger than that. I'm like, oh my God, personal development. I know. I love it. I I love it. And I want to, and one of the things that I love too, is that like, that I feel like we should touch on is they, I feel like you bring that all to the people that work with you too, like as an owner of two businesses. And like, these aren't, these are businesses that require staff. Like you have a lot of, you have teams, which I want to also ask you more about. There's so many things I still want to ask you about um, because I feel like there's so much to it all. But one of the things that I love too, is like when I see just like what you guys share on like social media and stuff, like your team loves working with you. Like they love working at your, at both of your locations. It just seems like such a fun place to work. Like, I feel like you're bringing this, that all that energy and all that, just like, it probably also comes from what you said at that first place that you worked where it was just like, not a great environment. And so obviously you've been really intentional about that too, but you, yeah, you're bringing it to your teams, to your staff and making sure that they're having a great place to work. And I imagine like, I I just am assuming, like, I just feel like you're really supportive in like their development too. So, I mean, what goes into all of that? Yeah, I certainly, that's my intention. And I think like any business owner sometime or mother or friend, sometimes your intentions are there, but you don't always, you aren't able to uh, deliver on them always. And, you know, it's always a process and each opportunity for growth is good. And I, I see it that way. Um, I do have an incredible staff and I would say the culture of our practices is that we call ourselves the Lumi family. When, when patients come to us, we say, welcome to the Lumi family. Um, it's not just a catchphrase. It's something we really feel and, um, you know, try to make sure that energy is there every day. Of course we're human. Sometimes we're in a bad mood. Sometimes we got up on the wrong side of the bed, but really that's the overall energy is that I had such a hard time coming out of like at the end of the day at that first dental practice I worked in, you know, I felt like I would have to fight to, to feel good coming out of the office. Um, and I would have to fight to hold on to my ethics and, and to feel like I did good. Um, and it was just this constant battle either between me and the, the, owner or the manager, um, or just the systems that were in place. And I vowed that if I were to ever have my own place, it wouldn't be that way. It would, you know, you would leave the door feeling like, like proud of yourself, feeling like I touched other people's lives in a positive way. I, I helped. And quite frankly, when I first started it, it was equivalent to a lot of free dental work because I felt like, oh, I'm going to help this person who doesn't have money for this. Oh, I'm going to, and I was like running myself dry. Um, So understanding where your value comes from. And even though you're charging for a um, procedure that might be expensive for that person, you know, that value is there and your value is there just by discounting. It doesn't mean (laughs) you're helping somebody. Um, So that that's a conversation for another day and self self value and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean that that was a 
theme and a goal that, and a mission that I've had for my business is that my staff feels good when they put their head down on the pillow to sleep. They feel like they're part of a team that's helped people that has positively influenced the people that have come into their um, network in the, into their circle. And I think for the most part, I've succeeded on that. But again, like, like we said, it's a daily, you have to always remind each other, you have to um, set your standards. It's, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. And you're doing it with two different businesses too. So it's like extra, I imagine, but wait, tell me. So, and, and I, and I feel like there's, I love that we've gotten to talk about all of these things, but I still have questions for anyone who's, who's wondering, I do want to go back a little bit more too, about like how you went from, okay, I need to start my own place. Like, just tell us a little bit more. Like, so I think you said you bought a practice. Um, yeah. so um what exactly happened to be like, I'm opening my own dentist office. So I, I got into an argument with the owner of the practice over something stupid. Um, like I really, I thought I was just, you know, showing him how passionate I was about, um, you know, patient care and advocacy and, you know, growing his practice in an ethical way. Um, and I got an email at 4am that next morning to not show up to the office. Oh my God. And I was devastated because I'd never been fired before. I always thought I was a hard worker. I, I, everything I did came from a place of love. Um, but I did, I did stand up to him and butt heads with him a lot. Um, and I think, you know, he, he probably thought, let me just cut my losses here. <laughs> um, and I do, I, I say this a lot of times, uh, again, I see the world with the, I've learned to see the world with the glasses of, well, that's not probably how I want to say it. I've learned to see the world with the perspective that it's all a gift. And uh, that was one of the biggest gifts because it forced me into hitting the ground running and really, I mean, I had already been looking at practices to buy and I had, I had been um, interviewing at different dental offices. And honestly, it was just one office after another worst worse, worse, worse. How quick can you do a filling? How, how many fillings can you do in an hour? How many root canals crown? I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is not how you're supposed to interview a dentist. Um, and so I had, I had, I had gone onto Craigslist and I had Googled like Craigslist searched, um, dental office for sale. And I found one in Quincy and it was, you know, I was less than a year out of dental school. And I was like, I really, my husband was a resident in at Brigham in anesthesiology. Like we had no money. We had like nothing. And I didn't want to ask my parents after paying all this money for school to then also buy me a practice. And so I um, went to see the office actually with my assistant at the time. And she was like, Netta, you could turn this place around. And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And I didn't have the guts to pull the trigger and he fired me and it was like, bam, here was my gift. Like, Oh my God. Go do it. So yeah. this was right after you'd seen the space, like it, and it was, it was still available. It was still for sale. Yeah. I mean, I think that that was the only place they were marketing. Um, the practice was on Craigslist and I don't think any, you know, experienced or like legitimate dentist <laughs> looking practice would have been searching on Craigslist. So I think it was like, really, I was lucky because like they were inexperienced in selling a practice. I was inexperienced in buying a practice and we just kind of fell into each other's, um, arms. And, you know, it was, it was not a practice. It, there was no way that I could have practiced in that practice the way it was, but it was a shell of a practice. It was, I mean, I asked for them to not leave any of their employees. Like I, I knew I needed to start from scratch. I knew I had to renovate the space. I, I knew that the patient base was not the patient base that my goal was, but you know, nine months out of school, um, with really no nest egg to back me up. Uh, it was the best option. And my husband, I will say has been always been so supportive, my whole family, but my husband specifically said, well, Worst comes to worst, you, you lose the money we we invested in it. Ah, worst wow. comes to worst. And I was like, okay. But he also <laughs> probably knew you were never going to let that happen. I have a feeling. Well, we were really early in our marriage. Like we had, we got married, it was like a year and a half into marriage. And um, 
he was, he, I mean, he believed in me, but he also said like, worst comes to worst, like we lose what we invested in and, and that's fine. You tried something and it didn't work out. Um, I mean, I definitely think I'm a more positive thinker and he's more of like a doomsday thinker, but the combination is, is a good combination. But yeah, so I, I, he fired me. I bought the practice two months later. It was supposed to be on my 20 seventh birthday um wow it, something happened with like the closing papers and we ended up closing the day after so but it was my gift to myself on my 27th birthday wow. um yeah so a lot of people say that like oh my god you were so young um and I was and it was such a gift because I've had time to really hone my experience hone like how to manage people and I would say the toughest part of practice ownership business ownership is certainly managing people. You touched on this earlier, um, having a team and, and it's not just managing what they do at work, but it's also, you know, they're a whole person the same way as a patient that comes to see you is not just the teeth or not just the lips that you're going to enhance. It's, it's the whole patient. It's, it's understanding that you become a community that spends more time with each other than a lot of times they spend at home with their spouse or their children. Um, and recognizing very early on that I wanted to be I wanted it to be a good experience. And um, it was hard for me. I was younger than a lot of my staff at the very beginning. And growing up in a family, I'm sure you have this experience too, where you respect your elders, you listen to your elders, you don't question your elders. Um, it was really hard for me to um, ask people to do things uh, for me because I said so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because I have a vision that's grander than perhaps you understand. Um, these are these are concepts that I, I learned later. Um, but from the very beginning, I, I knew that I had to lead with love. I knew that that was the difference that I wanted to have compared to the practice that I, I worked in when I first graduated. Um, I knew I wanted to lead with love and for that to be felt all across, not only the staff, but the patients. And, and that is one of our main reviews that happens all the time. Like, I feel like I'm, I, I don't want to come to the dentist, but I want to come hang out with you guys. Like, I love the energy here. Um, and that's such a, um, compliment to us. Oh, such totally. an honor. That's, that's, that sounds like the most amazing thing you could have somebody ever, like, no matter what your business is, but like, especially something like dentistry where people often don't love <laughs> actually having yeah. it done to be like, I just want to be able to come there to hang out with you guys. Like, and I'm willing to like, also, have a dental procedure done in order to do that. I think, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I was going to say when you said you were only 27 and the people working for you were even older than you. I mean, I think that that's, it, it that's like such a, I mean, I think what people say that to, to me a lot, they're like, how did you, how have you done all of this? Like already kind of thing. And it's kind of like, well, I just started young. So like by now I've had a lot of time, like, as you said, you kind of like, essentially figured out a lot of these things along the way it's kind of like you were you were doing it from the beginning just because you kind of intuited like what needed to be done and how to create the spaces and the the experiences that you wanted and then you kind of learned more about like what that actually is over time like why and how you're you're doing it and why it's working but yeah part of it is just from like taking the leap when when you're young and then like having a lot of time to to let things marinate more or expand more or just kind of come together stronger because you've had now all of this time to hone it hone it not just hone your craft but like hone your team build your team how things work how everything comes together and there's something to be said for that so I always like to kind of point that out too because you know if anyone is younger listening like yeah some people are like who are you to have a dental practice when you're 27 people are like who are you to like have a start a PR company when you're 23 or whatever but it's like you know why not and now like everyone's like oh how have you done so much you know at your age and and that's how it's by just like just starting just trying just going for it when you when you had the opportunity and yeah I don't know I think that's just really cool so I, I love yeah, that I mean I I'm gonna speak for myself obviously but I do think there's something about being naive and innocent yeah. that um, you can take that leap a lot more easily. Uh, I didn't have any kids. I didn't own any property. Um, I just was out of school. I had a husband that was in school. I We didn't really have a lot of responsibilities outside of each other um, and school loans for me, obviously. But I, 
it just was kind of like, I didn't think about it too much. <laughs> and, um, and I think that that's a gift of, of being naive. And, and we always talk about like your inner child and, and how children, you, when you have children, you you're forced to kind of see the world through their eyes. And that's such a gift because it reminds you of what, what's important and what's not so much important. And I think I have to remind myself to see my businesses through my, the eyes of a immature entrepreneur because there's so much excitement there's so much um kind of hope and belief and and you know you get into I'm, I'm sure you feel this too um you get into the routines you you have your protocols you have your processes you have your home your children the after school activities I mean it can become mundane and you can forget um what why you did it all to begin with and that spark that and um, I think so much of our job is to kindle that flame and make sure that we keep cultivating it and remembering why we got into it. And, and, you know, I think that's a lot of times what you said, like why we delve so much into personal growth, because it, if we want to continue being happy and feeling fulfilled and um, growing, we need to do that within the kind of guidelines of personal growth. Like we're forced to have personal growth yeah. um, if we want to continue to feel um, inspired and fulfilled. I mean, I think that's that's a huge part of who I'm becoming is recognizing that like, I am not my achievements. Um, yes, they're great and to be celebrated, but they're not what define me. They're not what makes me special. That was innate to me starting off. I'm so proud of myself for being able to hone my capabilities and, and be able to bring my energy to multiple people. And now, you know, through trying to have more of a voice um, to even more people, but that's not what makes me special. And that's not what makes our patients special. It, it's, it's innate to humanity that we're special. Yes. I love that. And well, maybe that's a good segue and not that we can't still talk about some other stuff, but I did want to ask like, what else you're like, not, not that you need to, or should be doing anything else, but I know you, and I know that there's more that you're like, I know there's, there's always going to be something more, whatever, you know, over time, but I also know you're working on some other stuff. And so, yeah, well, first of all, anything coming up with either of the businesses that we've talked about so far, you know, about with the aesthetics practice or the dental spot, any kind of like next steps or anything new coming up with them, but also just personally, like what else you're working on and, and planning yeah. to do in the next couple of months, years, whatever, however far out you're thinking, I don't know how far out you're dreaming. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I dreaming is so special and I think it does take us back to childhood and, and how, you know, playing make-believe is, is, you know, I feel like dreaming for an adult is kind of like playing make-believe as, as a child. And it's so fun. And it, um, it's so inspiring, kind of like the immature, um, entrepreneur that sees hope and excitement. Um, I think that's dreaming, um, brings me hope and excitement too. And, uh, I love that. I love celebrating where I am right now and also dreaming and scheming about where I'm going. So thank you for asking that. And I do, I, I, um, what's the word I recommend to everybody to dream and scheme, like take time, you know, maybe not every day, but like every week, um, or if you have time every day to just really envision those dreams because they do become reality, um, when you believe that they will. Um, and, and that's been really fun for me. So I, I will talk about a little bit of, um, some exciting things at the med spa because I am really passionate about it. I do think um, going along with kind of our our mission, which is um, external beauty comes from the within, um, and really when when your inner light shines through. Uh, alongside that, we are uh, really on the cutting edge of where age management and beauty management comes in, and and really being able to. Um, understand how the body is functioning um, and doing testing to really understand what our bodies are lacking over time and over really evolution. Like our bodies weren't meant to live as long as they are now. Um, you hear it all the time. 50 is the new 40, 60 is the new 50. Um, and, you know, sometimes 
certain parts of us are accelerating where other parts of us are not catching up. And so you hear a lot these days, I'm so exhausted. I, I feel overwhelmed. I, you know, want to go out to these parties and do all these things, but I I don't have the energy for it. And really understanding what that is internally um, has been the next steps with um, our med spa. And we're really excited to roll um, out our new program because it is partially psychological. It's partially physiological. Um, and we are really getting into, you know, how we can help um, kind of what's the word I'm trying to say it nicely so that uh, it's understandable and doesn't, you know, sound like I'm saying a lot of medical gibberish. Um, we want to um, help uh, influence our bodies in a way that we can combat aging before it happens. Um, and there are lots of ways to do that with um, really, I, I hate to use the word manipulate, but we are manipulating um, the way that our body breaks down or doesn't break down using natural peptides, um, understanding our hormones, um, supplementation, but it's all medically driven with blood tests and, and physicians and um, really tailoring kind of a aesthetic beauty anti-aging plan um, that goes along with, with our patients' um, wants and their desires. And, and certainly not what we want and what we desire, but their idea of beauty, their idea of um, what, where they want to go with their libido, with their, um, skincare, with their energy. I mean, all these things, I'm just really excited to be able to roll this out because nobody's really doing it yet in our area. Um, and the possibilities are endless for our patients. And we really, it, it goes along with the mission that we have to be a part of like positively influencing our patients' lives and not only the longevity, but the quality um, of life. Because it's not just about how can we live longer, um, but how can we be our best selves for longer, um, infinitely. Sounds like med spa of the future. Like, like that literally sounds like probably where the future is going. Like I, I'm really intrigued by that, but, and also <laughs> about life-changing, like being able to like these things that are going to help us be able to keep living our best life into our sixties or whatever. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's not sexy to say age management, but really it is kind of like managing the breakdown of our bodies. Like preventing that from happening. And you're right. Like it's, it, it is the fountain of youth, but really with the, um, overall, our overall mission of fountain of you, which is you are the so source of your beauty and really understanding you both on a physiological, um, and psychological and external, um, way we are able to really tailor the best, um, protocols and like treatment plans for our patients. And, and we, we feel like we're partnering with them. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm a dentist. I'm not doing these things. Um, it's my vision, but we have nurse practitioners. We have RNs, we have estheticians, um, we have physicians. These are people who are tailoring these, um, treatment plans, but I, re I really, I feel proud to say that you know, I'm, I'm leading this ship in this direction because I know it's what I would want. Um, and it all goes back on, you know, I don't want to be somebody who influences others to change who they are. Rather, I want to inspire them to love who they are right here, right now, and work on how we can be the best version of ourselves for longer. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I feel like we should just like end right here, but I also don't want to, <laughs> I feel like that's such a good <laughs> to end. I'm going to, we're going to make that into a quote, but no, I love that. And I love that. It's like, it's your vision. You're staring the ship again. And like, you're also creating the space and the opportunity for the, the right team to come together and, and offer this to your, to your clients and your patients and stuff, which is amazing. And also I just realized we didn't even for a little, like, like continuity, continuity of that, of the story. Like we didn't really touch on like how you ended up also owning a med spa so maybe you yeah. go back there for a second. I know I'm so yeah. long I'm sorry no no I love it and I'm also the same way and I'm like 
I want to hear the whole, I just like, oh, wait, I'm just so nosy. I want to hear all the details. I want to know like exactly how you have done this. But then also like, I love all the other, like actually diving into like what, I feel like you've given us so much about like what it's like to be a business owner and what it's like to be you and like the, the actual thought and intention and care that's gone into everything you've created. And I feel like you've shared so much in such a powerful way. And I'm almost like, I don't even want to make you go back and tell us more of the nitty gritty of the story, but I also do want to know. So <laughs> we have I mean, time for it all. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun too. So I, I, um, when I was in dental school, there was a, uh, oral surgeon who did only aesthetics. Um, and he was fabulous. Um, Dr. Nayam too. I, he was, he used to always call me Kim Kardashian, which like, oh my God, it would make me so happy. Um, but he, um, would offer to the dental students to come in and, um, observe any of his courses that he would offer to other um, surgeons, um, not just oral surgeons, but different surgeons who wanted to get into more aesthetics. Um, and so I would go all the time. Like I, I was first on the list always. And, and I got to know the staff and everybody. And it, I knew that I wanted to do aesthetics. Um, but when I got married to Cyrus and I moved to Massachusetts from Virginia, dentists were not allowed to do any kind of Botox and fillers. And, and it was clear to me, I just wanted to do minimally invasive stuff. I really just, I, I love crowns and veneers and doing regular dentistry. I knew I didn't want to do um, oral surgery, which is, you know, it's a fabulous field. I think women in it are, are badass and I'm so impressed by what they do. I just knew it wasn't, I didn't want to go that far into, um, like more invasive procedures. I really love the minimally invasive procedures where I could actually speak with patients and, um, you know, influence the way they're thinking about them, their beauty, um, and their internal and external expression of it. Um, but yeah, so when I moved to Massachusetts, um, in 2010, there was no, um, opportunity for me to do that because of the legal, um, part of it. Um, and so in 2013, when they did change that, I was like, again, first in line to go get trained on, they had like certain trainings that were approved. Um, so I went and I did like two or three, um, right back to back, um, and started doing Botox and fillers in my dental practice with patients who already knew, liked and trusted me. And they knew I would, um, take care of them. Like I would take care of a family member and yeah, it really, kind of sparked from there because a lot of women loved, um, not having to tell their husbands where they were going, what they were doing. Like the bill would come from the dentist's office and they were like, this is amazing. Like they were telling their friends, I was getting all these patients coming to me for Botox and fillers who, I mean, I'd have to register them as my dental patients, but like they were still getting their dental work elsewhere. Like they loved their dentist. They just wanted to come in somewhere that nobody would know. So really that's where it all started. And I thought, okay, I told my husband, you know, we could really expand on this. I mean, obviously people want this. Um, and he said, you know, again, he was like, well, the worst that can happen is. Oh my gosh. Um, so we ended up finding a space in, in Quincy, um, to grow into, uh, you know, I knew that if we stayed in the dental office, there was a cap on how much we could grow. Uh, but if we moved into a space that would, we could really cater to an aesthetic clientele, um, we could grow into it. And so that happened in 2014, um, one year into doing, um, aesthetic treatments in the dental office. Wow. And, um, I was shocked actually, it was a little, I, I was met with a lot of resistance, both from the dental community. Um, also the community in general, my friends and loved ones, my mom was like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, this is yeah. so much work. Like, and at the time I had had my first child, Ryan, my, my now 10 year old. Um, and he, um, you know, I'd had a really difficult pregnancy. I had preeclampsia. He was born 10 weeks premature. Um, mm -hmm. I had gone through a lot of like emotional, um, difficulties with that and, and kind of dealing with these feelings of not being, um, not being able to do my job properly, my body not being able to do what it was made to do. And, you know, later on recognizing that's where all the pain was coming from. But, um, you know, I was really excited and, and I was met with a lot of resistance and, um, it was that resistance that allowed me to grow too. So I, I don't balk at it. I don't, I'm not upset about it, but it did, it wasn't that exciting, like, here we are. And like the floodgates open. I recognize that actually my initial success was a lot because people didn't have to say they were 
going to a med spa. So we we opened as a laser center um, so that still like the bill would come as like a medical practice. Um, but quickly that kind of caught on and people understood that laser center meant med spa. Hmm. And um, uh, we really, it was like a slow ramp up, but we had really great staff. And um, I would say what really catalyzed our, um, you know, exponential growth was we had always maintained that this, like we, we believe in uh, minimally invasive natural treatments, um, what the patient needs, not, we're not trying to oversell, like we're always trying to be a partner. Um, and so that really led to us having a lot of, um, loyal clientele so that when COVID hit, um, people really wanted to go to places that they knew they could trust. And, I would say that's what catalyzed um, and catapulted us really into um, being able to own who we are, um, yell it from the rooftops, and um, patients really appreciated it. And I think also COVID, um, people were seeing themselves on video more, and they um, recognized the value in taking care of themselves and doing maintenance rather than feeling like aesthetic procedures were changing who you are, rather than you know, getting your nails done, getting your hair done. It's, it's, it's personal maintenance, it's self-care, it's self-love. Um, and really when it, when it was restructured that way, and we were able to help patients reframe it in their mind, um, the floodgates opened and I, I'm so grateful for that. Um, and, um, we, you know, we've built the team over time with nurses and nurse practitioners and aestheticians. And, um, there was a segue. I wanted to say something Alessandra, my mind. <laughs> oh, you were saying, um, uh, what am I doing in the future? Like, what am I working on? Um, you know, we talked about a lot of what, um, you know, all the things that I've done. And, and in retrospect, sometimes I sit down and I, I, I'm like, why am I so driven to do all these things? And partially it's because my dad told me I, I was able to do whatever I wanted to do. And I, I was meant to change the world and I better not do it one tooth at a time. Um, <laughs> part of it is that I recognize that so much of who we are is what we be believed as a young child. And I think our generation, you can probably attest to this, is that we were, we've been hardwired to accomplish. Um, you know, you, you have to do this so that you can get this grade. You have to get this grade. So you could go to this school. You have to go to this school. So you can go to this profession. You have to do this profession. So you can have this life. So accomplishments equal value accomplishments equal value. And I, um, like many other high achieving people believe that my value was attached to achievements and, um, I recognize that I was on this spiral, this hamster wheel of continuing, like each achievement needed to lead to another achievement. Otherwise I wouldn't feel fulfilled or feel that I was valuable. And recognizing that um, kind of sparked something in me that I realized like that I need, I need to help other people. I, I was drowning in burnout and doing incredible things, but not feeling fulfilled by it. And so um, I am, I'm writing a book called Achievaholics Anonymous, and I'm really excited to share kind of my learning story of, of where I went from, you know, what, what drove me to achieve to what now drives me to achieve and how that set me free, how that's allowed me to love my life more so than I ever thought possible, um, to enjoy the moments. And, and I'm so excited to share that with everybody. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about that. That's amazing incredible oh my god I love it okay well okay oh my god I still have to ask you two other things I have to ask you first of all I just feel like we have to touch on like having the two different businesses too like how do you actually navigate like like two physical different physical locations with your teams within and and with you working in both of them like how did you do that once you opened both of them or and or what does it look like now like how do you physically own two different businesses in, in, you know, the same town, but two different buildings. Yeah. Alessandra, it was a lot of blood, sweat and tears at the beginning as anybody with multiple businesses or even just one business can attest to, um, lots of blood, sweat and tears in the beginning. And then I recognize it doesn't have to be hard to be good. Um, it, I don't have to torture myself to say I'm, I'm a successful person. Um, so it, it really looks like a lot of delegation. It's a lot of like really um, 
hiring the right people, one, um, two, helping those people grow into your vision of them. Cause if you hold a vision for them and, and a, um, kind of an intention for who you want them to be, they can grow into that vision if they believe you. And if they, they, um, see themselves in that. And, and really, I feel that's one of the best parts of my job is to get to watch my employees grow into the positions that I want them to be in. And, and then even watching them catapult from there to, to positions that they are inspired to move on to. I, I mean, I, I hate to lose employees, but when it's for great reasons that I, I love to watch them and celebrate them. Um, and uh, I will say that's, um, really how I am able to do all the things that I do is that I have a lot of help and I, and I I was going to ask. Yeah. You've been open about like the support, the support systems that you have too. And I do, I was going to say, like, I feel like that's one thing we have to touch on just because you do so much, but also like you don't do everything yourself. And I, and I love that you talk about that because I think that's one thing I don't want people to like leave, like, and listen to this episode and be like, oh my God, but like, there's no way I could do all of that. So yeah. What does that support look like? You shouldn't do all of it. And, and, you know, so much of probably again, where, how we grew up and and a message that I keep hearing, and I I believe in it is you can do everything. You can be everyone. Yes, absolutely. But you don't have to, like, Mm. you don't have to be everyone just because you have the capability to be, um, you don't have to, I, I, forget yourself to fuel the future, you know, and that's a a lot of what I did, um, is that I sacrificed myself in, in efforts for the dream. Um, so, and I learned early on, I, I'm going to burn out. And, And so I do, I have a lot of help. Um, it's not inexpensive. It's expensive to have help, but it, it's, allows me to enjoy the parts that are important to me. It allows me to grow exponentially. Um, yeah. I mean, I think everybody should talk about it. I, I, at first, I think sometimes it's, you know, you don't want to flaunt, you know, you want to be successful. You want to do things. You don't want to say, Oh, I have somebody who does this for me, this, this, but if I'm doing the laundry and cooking and cleaning the bathrooms, I won't have the time to sit down and plan for the future. If, if I, if I'm doing those things, I won't be able to take my kids to dance practice when, you know, that was always my dream that my mom would come to dance practice with me. You know, I, I think, um, so much of who I am is because of all the hard work and the sacrifices that my parents made. And I'm forever indebted to them for teaching me and, and holding me and, and raising me up. And, um, I'm so blessed to have grown up in a, in a very healthy family, um, where growth was expected and growth was, um, celebrated. And I'm really excited to be able to kind of change that perspective, um, moving forward, taking the good and, and leaving kind of the overwhelm, um, that I have to do those things. Like, yes, I have full capability to be whoever I want to be. My mom was this and is this badass businesswoman. She's a researcher. She, she has patents galore and she's constantly reinventing herself. And, um, yeah, a lot of times she wasn't there for recitals, um, or, you know, she'd be on a business trip and that showed me that a woman can do and be anything she wants, Mm -hmm. but it also showed me that by doing those things, she's sacrificing other things. And, and in my life, I've chosen that I don't want to sacrifice one thing for the other. I want to hold true to what it is that I want um, and ask for help in the areas that I need so that I can do the things that I want and, and I can be the person that I value. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered your question fully, oh, but no, I think it does. I, I think that's such a good answer. Um, and yeah, I think you alluded to the fact that you're not necessarily cooking and cleaning and um, and you, and that means you get to go be with your children when you're not at work and you get to be obviously at work and with your teams when you need to and want to. And, um, yeah, I think that's just like important. Like you've been so intentional about creating the life that you want, I think, and, and, you know, building the businesses, but also the life that you want outside of that and making them merge together in a way that makes sense for you. And it might not be the way that, I mean, I feel like most women listening to this probably, 
do aspire to or or kind of have similar expectations for what they want for their life. But, you know, even if it's not that, um, it's just being intentional about what that is for you. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I feel like I feel exactly the same way. I'm like, that's the reason I started the business was so that or that's the reason I wanted to work for myself was so that I would have that flexibility to go to, you know, the things with my child, even if it's during the middle of the day, if I wanted to. Um, because those are also my two priorities are like the business and then my family, um, and just being able to create that lifestyle the way that you want it. And, and yeah, it's with intention and it's, it's knowing what's important to you. Um, and if that's different for someone else, that's fine too, but it's just knowing what you don't want to do so that, you know, what, you know, what you do want to spend your time on. So I think that's worth like, just worth saying, you know, as much as we can. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm very, um, I'm a perfectionist and I I have to be for my careers that I've chosen. I, am very detail oriented, parallelism, um, symmetry, all that goes very, um, hand in hand with what I do. However, I've also learned to let go in certain areas. I mean, I have incredible managers that I really delegate a lot of the thinking to, you know, I give the vision and then they take it and run with it. And I'm so impressed with with what they've been able to do and how they've been able to grow and who they've been able to become and how that's allowed me to become who I want. I mean, I have a manager for the med spa, I have a manager for the dental, I have a executive manager for my life. Like, I love it. It doesn't happen easily. I mean, say, I take that back. It can be easy. It doesn't have to be hard. You just have to have the right people in place. Um, and don't be shy. You are worth it. Um, the investment in yourself is never wrong. You may have to tweak it. I mean, you might try one thing out and it doesn't work or it's not the right person. And and tweaking is part of growth and, and growth is always good. I know I say that a lot. No, I love it. So good. I feel like this was all so good. Is there anything else that like I that we that you want to share that I didn't like? even thing to ask. I feel like we could keep going forever, but I want to chit chat forever with you, Alessandra. This is I know we're gonna have to do like part two, another episode. I still I do, I mean, I just even what you've just said about I feel like even just finding the managers that you trust and love. Like I think there's a whole nother conversation around building that team in a way that's going to work for you. But yeah, no, like literally we should have another conversation. I think uh, I would love to invite you to come to the med spa. We can hang out. I can, we can have girls day with the staff. Like it, it'll be awesome. I'd love to have you. Well, tell people how they can keep an eye on you, especially like with, you know, you mentioning the book, how will they know when that comes out? How can they keep up with you and and keep in touch, even if they're not, you know, local to the Quincy area and maybe can't come to the dental office. Although tell them, you know, tell them where to find those too, in case they are. So um, the dental office is called Lumiere Dental Spa. It's in Quincy on C Street, um, really ni- near the ocean, which is beautiful. Um, the med spa is called Lumi Aesthetics. It's also in Quincy, um, Quincy Center. And our um, Instagrams are the same, Lumi Aesthetics. Um, and Lumiere Dental Spa. And then my personal um, kind of journey, uh, I started a new Instagram with my new kind of Achievaholics branding, um, but it's called Netta Hovese, my first and last name. Um, And you can certainly follow me there. You can sign up for my newsletter. I would love for you to kind of see a little bit more of my story and my journey. Um, and then you'll definitely, um, we actually, we have an event coming up November 12th. Um, we, actually you were at my last event last yeah. year. Oh, um, and thank you so much showcasing it in the magazine. I'm so honored. Let me show you your magazine. Cause I brought it. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah. I, I, for anybody who hasn't held this magazine, it's so, oh my God, it's so yummy. It's like better than Vogue. I just, I feel so lucky to have been on the front cover. Like I, I feel like you have to hold it. Like it, there's nothing like holding it. So, um, yes. I, oh my God. I can't, I'm, I'm going to turn that into a quote. I can't believe you just said that about the magazine. <laughs> no, I, I truly believe it. Like Vogue is not as quality feeling as this quotable magazine is. So, um, and, and the spreads are so fabulous. All, all the stories are great. And, and I, I feel so blessed that you um, chose me for the front cover. So thank you. Um, but that was the event that was showcased in, in, um, the article and, um, we are have it's going to be an annual thing now, fab fierce females. Um, and our theme for this year is embrace the fountain of you. I can't wait to talk more about it. Um, that's 
It's going to be brunch on November 12th. Um, it's a Sunday. It's going to be at the Revere Hotel in, in downtown Boston. It's going to be beautiful, magical. The theme is going to be a secret garden because um, oh. we all have a secret garden inside of us waiting to bloom. And I can't wait to share that more on that. So yeah, you can follow me on um, Instagram and also sign up for my newsletter. All of that will come out to you. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I love it. I am so obsessed with all of that. Thank you so much for having this conversation and sharing all of this with everyone. I think this was so, so great. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alessandra. I really appreciate the opportunity. I always love hanging out with you. So can't wait to do it again. Thanks so much for listening. For more information, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at Quotable Media Co. and at Quotable Magazine. If you loved this episode, please consider sharing it. Take a screenshot right now and post it to your stories and don't forget to tag us so we can reshare. We love to see which episodes are resonating with you. Also, if you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening right now. It means the world to me to see those. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on this show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes and also online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. Talk to you soon.